0: want us to really press into uh, some things that I think really are to unlock some capacities. How many of you know that there is capacity and there is ability? And those are two different things. There's a lot more capacity that exists within us than I believe any of us understand. And I'm going to challenge your thinking on some of that today if you want to go ahead and take your seat and get the notes from the app we're just gonna come back to a place of really pressing in to more of what God's desiring to reveal. But I want you to use your imagination as we get started. Everybody ready to get your imagination big? I want you to imagine with me a society where everybody has embraced the creative power of God. Think about what that society would look like. Everybody in society has embraced the creative power of God. They're living in a true awareness of the deeper reality of God's presence. What does that society look like? I know it can seem like an oversimplification in the complicated times in which we live, but it is a reality If the world could just know Jesus, the world would be a better place. How many of you know problems in the world get solved if people really align their hearts with the revelation of Christ? And it's so important that we stay the focus with that. So again, just thinking it through, imagine a society with everybody having embraced the creative power of God, living in a true awareness of the deeper reality of his presence. This is God's design and God's desire for every single one of us. I want to explore this today and I want to just challenge you with um, some, some scriptures, just asking the Holy Spirit to bring fresh, uh, re- re- fresh revelation as we read some scriptures that might be commonly known scriptures in your life. But I just start with Romans chapter 8, one of my favorite chapters of scripture, but this particular verse, verse 19, it speaks of how creation, all of God's created Uh, Earth, all creation awaits for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. There's a sense of anticipation in creation around you as the atmosphere that God purposed for you to live in. And that atmosphere around you has a sense of anticipation for you to truly begin to manifest yourself, become everything that God has designed you to be. And this is important for us to understand because what we tend to do in terms of Christianity, particularly in our society and in our generation, is we've reduced the idea of faith to attending a church service, you know, fitting a church service once a week into our busy schedules. And um, nothing could be further from God's intention for our uh, lives and His design. And so think with me about, and I, I, you know, I did a study on this once and preached a message on it and people cringed and I had several people say, please don't ever do that again. Uh, But I actually studied the medical description of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The lacerations from the shoulders to the calves of his back, uh, arterial spurting, and I mean, it's just an awful consideration and the nerve endings that the the stakes the spikes would have been pierced through in his wrist and 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 ankles and uh, and the the idea of you know hanging on the cross until you basically crucifixion is death by suffocation until you can't you know you have to breathe and so uh, an agonizing press to those nails in your feet to get up to get a breath and then the pain so great you let off but you have a breath and then you hang you know it hits these nerves in your wrists I mean it was an agonizing reality the whole time that lacerated back up and down on that wood I mean I'm not going too far into it but you get the picture this is gruesome and I just want to say Jesus didn't suffer like that and die so we could go to church He, he suffered like that and died to become the expression of sacrificial life that releases God's kingdom in the earth in such a way that other people's lives are transformed. And We are born for so much more than this gathering. This gathering is a central part of our faith. The Bible says not to forsake our gathering. We are gathering online, we are gathering on campus, we are coming together under common expression of what we are sensing together as a family that God's desiring to reveal, that's a beautiful thing. But that is only the beginning of what this week is supposed to hold. And that's why every week we give a commission, we believe that it is God's plan for us to bring God's presence to real life. That's why each week you've got this GP2RL, you know what that means, God's presence to real life. We bring God's presence to real life, so we give this action point each week that you carry out and you fulfill some sense of mandate and instruction and direction, just listening and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. What I'm saying to you is well put in the Passion Translation in Ephesians 6, chapter 6, verse 10. I want to challenge you to be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. What a powerful declaration. And it goes on it says, Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in you and through you. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. That is not come to church and sing. That is understand... You are anointed sons and daughters of God that all creation is waiting in anticipation for you to figure out who you are so that you're walking in the jurisdiction and authority of heaven in the earth. Your citizenship is in a realm beyond the realm that exists right now. You can see the invisible. You can do the impossible. God says, fix your eyes on that which is unseen. You are a threat to the plans of the enemy. If he can reduce you into a religious expression that believes going to church is the ultimate, expression of your faith, then you have missed the mark and you'll never fully become everything God's desiring you to become. And if Jesus hadn't become all that God wanted him to become, you and I wouldn't be here. And if you and I don't become all that God wants us to become, there are other people that won't get in the kingdom of God. But I'm saying in Jesus' mighty name, let all society be awakened to the creative power of God Almighty because we started walking in the function and authority and the power of the Spirit of God. Come on, let's just all agree. Online, clap it in in your homes. On this campus, we declare it in Jesus' mighty name. We are calling this in. I don't want to give you a sweet little message. I want to challenge you to a great provoke that you will allow something to be activated and awakened within you because we are all equipped by God for for far more than any of us realize. The supernatural element of God our Creator is actually revealed even in creation. Not even in speaking of sons and daughters of God, but I'm talking just creation in general. Uh, in fact, you know the scripture talks about how God has revealed himself through creation in amazing, wonderful ways, and we see that. But I read this article in National Geographic how in 2004 there was a, uh, a tsunami that hit Indonesia. And, and it was crazy because before that tsunami ever hit, Elephants started running for higher ground. Dogs were reported massively afraid to go outside, staying in the house. Flamingos abandoned their low breeding grounds to go to higher ground, which is just very Uh, unlike them and all this was happening and nobody's understanding what's going on. No human knew what was about to take place but even in creation there was a sense of awareness and intuitiveness in what was going on in creation that there was a catastrophe about to happen. How much more are we equipped by God to be aware of that which is about to take place in our land if we're willing to be in tune with the spirit of God and pay attention to what he's desiring to reveal? I mean, if this can be the case with animals, how much more so should that be with us? We're all designed with senses beyond our abilities. We're all designed with this this, uh, intuitiveness that's actually born of the Spirit. There's a sense of intuitiveness even naturally in all of us because that's just a part of design and it's even in the animal kingdom. But there's even more of that with us. There are certain things that you should be walking in a greater awareness of simply by way of revelation of Christ or that which God is revealing and having a conversation by his spirit with your spirit. This all requires practice. Everybody say practice. You know, uh, I'm amazed when I see what gymnasts can do on a beam You know, three feet in the air. I mean, it's phenomenal to me. Like, I thought, I thought today I would show you. I was actually a gymnast when I was in junior high. I thought I would show you my round off back handspring. Who would like to see it? All right, round off back handspring. I mean, this, this platform is so wide, all right? Are you ready? Oh, 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 wait, wait. Oh, something pulled. I better not do it. I, I won't, maybe later, but I was about to do it for you. It's amazing what a gymnast can do on that little beam. like. They can, the first time a gymnast gets on that beam, however, there's a wailing of arms, and you understand, but like skill over the course of time begins to get developed. In other words, the capacity exist, existed within that person, and until that person put it into practice, the capacity would never become ability. We have a really amazing worship team. How many of you agree? Come on, we're so thankful for the Destiny worship team and what they bring and atmosphere such a blessing. And all of our worship team would agree that we have a remarkable lead guitarist. And, uh, and I just appreciate Mark and his commitment to play for Tuesday morning prayer every Tuesday, 6 a.m. It's great. Behind every good man is a surprise mother in law and, and a good wife. And so uh, appreciate Rosalia and, 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 and the partnership and the family and and Gabriel and Levi. They're running tech stuff for us at 6 o'clock prayer and, and on Sunday as well. And, uh, appreciate all that. And, and, and I know that just thinking about Mark and his skill level with guitar, how many of you here do not play guitar? Raise your hand if you do not play. You look around at everybody raising their hand right now who was exactly the same skill level as Mark Lira before Mark Lira ever began to practice. He had the capacity, but it wasn't until he began to practice. Now, I understand when we were born, we were, you know, smacked on the rear and began to cry, and that's the way it all began with us. And with Mark, it was a little different. He looked a little bit like this when he came out of the womb, and, and so there was some indication and some clues that you know this was going to take place. In the first service, I only showed this pic, but I know there's some people that are watching both, so I thought I'd add a second pic for the second service. There he is. That's the real one. And so I understand that we have these different, uh, you know, inclinations in certain directions, but you have to recognize and understand, folks, there are capacities that exist within you under the sound of my voice because I'm not giving you a motivational speech. I'm speaking to you by the Spirit of God. There's an anointing in the house, an anointing in the room. God is supernaturally empowering the conversation that He's having with us right now. I am speaking to the capacities that exist within you. You were born for more than just doing your very best in the natural realm. You are a supernatural individual. You're a spirit that has a body. You're not a body that has a spirit. You're a spirit that has a body and you're going to live forever. So You might as well begin to explore that eternal dimension right now. Come on, let's grow in this together. I want to hear God's voice. I want to discern the voice of the Lord. I love it whenever God speaks something and then it's confirmed. It's like, wow, we could have only known that uh, by the Lord. And there's so many stories we could go into with all of that. But what I want to do is give you a little bit of coaching encouragement today. If you want to hear God's voice, practice. Everybody say practice. You have the capacity. You need to develop the ability. If you want to hear God's voice, practice by purposing to consistently get into God's word. God's word is the place where you put into practice learning to hear the voice of God. That's why we're so big on this turn the page challenge. Just get an old fashioned Bible. You're gonna hear me say this a million times before I die. I feel it's become a part of my assignment to my generation quite frankly. Churches that we work with, this becomes a big part of my conversation to those leaders and those congregational families when we're invited to be a part of expression and developing what discipleship should look like and so forth. I want to encourage you, get an old fashioned Bible. One that you can carry in your hand, not digital. Start in the book of Genesis. You're not always going to understand. The story of Genesis will be pretty easy to understand and Exodus will be pretty good. But once you start getting into the the continuation of and the Leviticus numbers and what those things are, you're going to read some days and you're not going to get it. But every day, just write the date at the top of the page and then read the page and turn the page and close the book. And the next day, or, or read further elsewhere. But every day, at the conclusion of a couple of years, you will actually have a Bible, Genesis through Revelation, with the date at the top of every single page. It may be a birthday commemoration or something that becomes an heirloom that your children, your children's children, will be impacted by your faith because you chose to grow in your relationship with God. They'll be able to look through and see perhaps where you met your spouse or you know whatever was taking place. My children's first steps are in there. Just amazing heirloom that you begin to possess. I am asking you as your pastor to hear this as more than just an appeal. I want you to hear it as a deep-seated challenge that I believe God is giving us the church to put into practice hearing the voice of God on a regular ongoing basis. This is how you begin to develop the prophetic gift that exists within you, that capacity coming into a place of great ability. I had a crazy day uh, this last week, just a a nutty day with intense meetings, and and I I didn't even get out of one meeting before I had another intense meeting, like very crazy, difficult situations, things that I had no answers for, but people were just struggling through different circumstances, some a part of our church, other church leaders, and and the whole day was like this. I literally had 12 hours of back-to-back messages waiting for me to return by the time I got out of the next meeting. It was just one of those days. And at the conclusion of the day, I got home, and it was, it was almost six o'clock by this point. I started really early that morning in different time zones with people, and, and, and at six, it just before six, Tracy wasn't yet home, and I just looked at the girls, and I said, I, I mean, I had so many messages still I needed to answer and deal with, but I just looked at the girls and I said, I'm, I'm shutting this off. I need to go and just be alone with God. And I went and sat on my porch with so many things to do, so many demands still existing. And I chose the peace of God in that moment, in that day, and it transformed something in me in that moment in time. And I sat out there and I took the book of Galatians because of the theme of Galatians and what I was sensing right then, and I read the entire book of Galatians out loud to myself sitting outside, from, from start to finish, and I just decided I'm just going to get into, you know what I was doing? I just was saying, I'm not going to give in to the tyranny, the urgent, the natural demands that are going to try and keep me hijacked and distracted. I'm going to press into the things of the Spirit. How about you? I want addiction to be broken in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. I want distraction to be <laughs> obliterated in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. And this happens when we purpose ourselves to get into the things of the spirit, even when the things of the natural are trying to demand our attention. I I've really appreciated uh, AT's Wednesday night Holy Spirit class. And uh, yeah, whoo, let's hear a little bit of whoa. Uh, it's been great. We're we're here on campus and the upstairs over here, and we've got an overflow room for if the room gets too big because we're trying to put you know social distancing, put five at a table, and uh, and we're also on Facebook on our Destiny Facebook if you want to tune in uh, from home. But it's been really really rich. And he said something two weeks ago, and I've just been mulling it over and thinking about it, and I want you to hear the essence of this particular statement because what he's doing each week, we've all determined that um, you know from Pentecost Sunday. Well, progression into Wednesday night Holy Spirit August the 5th I want you to give me five everybody August the 5th I want you to remember August the 5th we're going to gather in this room together with the youth with our kids and we are going to put into practice what we are learning of the Holy Spirit in a worship night and just press into the deeper things of God are you hungry I'm hungry for more, and we've got to make some space and make some room so that we can pursue more and go deeper. And as uh, as A.T. was talking, he said this statement. I want you to think about it, because usually you and I live such busy lives, we are trying to figure out how can I make time to have devotions and, and you know have a spiritual practice and, and spend some time alone with God, but I'm so busy, I'm trying to make time. And I want you to hear the essence of this statement. People think they need to slow down to embrace spiritual practices. That's what I thought. I heard the statement and I thought, yeah. People think they need to slow down to embrace spiritual practices, but it's actually the spiritual practice that slows you down. The question is, where are our priorities? Where are our passions? Where are our appetites? Where are we allowing ourselves to give ourselves to places and spaces of hunger for what? I don't know if you know or not, but man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, the appetites that are temporal are never gonna fulfill your life. You need something deeper, a, a greater revelation that God desires to reveal as we press in and listen to what He's desiring to speak. John chapter one, verse 12, says, "As says, as received Christ. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you shout out loud, amen? Amen. Aren't you glad you received him? But I want you to hear this, because in the same way going to church isn't the fulfillment of your mission, simply receiving Christ isn't the fulfillment of your purpose. As many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons and daughters of God. When you receive Christ, that doesn't conclude, it actually activates the ability and the capacity can begin to be developed to truly become sons and daughters of God that are manifesting themselves, answering the appetite in all creation that's waiting for us to be revealed. This is where we really work to develop supernatural abilities that exist within us. And underdeveloped Christians Never discover gifts that God placed within them. Underdeveloped Christians. What is it going to be like for us to stand before God and have a conversation with Him about how we lived our lives, about the priorities that we had? Now, I I, I heard a, a conversation Mike Bickle with International House of Prayer had. We were actually a few of us talking between the service, and I shared this, and it just really fits amazing guy he, he was asked why aren't more people healed on a mass scale you know it's great we celebrated grace and being healed medically documented miracle last night this is so exciting and the question is okay those things happen why aren't more people being healed on a mass scale and his response really struck me because if you think about it there are many instances in scripture where Jesus would show up and do something miraculous and then he would just kind of slip off into the crowd and like people were wondering who was it that healed this person or you know this miracle happened where where did the person go who's responsible and Mike Bickle said this if God began to pour out his healing power in such a way that it captured people's attention the church is probably not spiritually mature enough not to let it destroy them, and they would increase their profile and enlarge their following and get people to know them because of what God was doing. Maybe the church is too immature for God to do what God's desiring to do in this next season of, of society. So my question for me is am I... Underdeveloped spiritually, and will I stand before God one day and explain all the great things I did for him and actually miss the point? And my question for you is: are you on target to really fulfill your life assignment? What God desires for you to walk out? It's very significant that we understand. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just what I'm trying to do is help you think beyond the borders and parameters of where life has existed for you. And so I'm gonna take you into some conjecture. I'm gonna take you into a little bit of theological what if, okay? I'm not trying to start a new theology. I'm not, you don't have to rip your shirt and shout blasphemy or anything like that, okay? Uh, just, I'm just, I'm just gonna have a little bit of conversation with you. This is like if, if we were sitting down together and we were talking, Hmm, this is curious what the Bible says. I wonder if, this is what this type of conversation is. Okay, we're not going to start a new, uh, new doctrine, but, but I want you to think with me about something that's really kind of an interesting thought. In Genesis 1, I, I shared this in our conference last year, and I, I bled into a Sunday, but I'm going to reiterate it and just come back to it. Um, in Genesis 1, man was given supernatural dominion to rule over, think about it, fish underwater, he had dominion over fish underwater. He had dominion over uh, the, the birds that flew in the sky. And he had dominion over animals that would run on the ground. Now, cheetah runs 58 miles per hour, but man had dominion over this animal. Fish can swim in depths of, of the ocean, and man can't hold his breath very long, but God was, you know, gave man dominion. Uh, air, f- birds in the air, you know, man can't fly unless he develops and builds an airplane, uh, and, but he had dominion over the birds of the air. So what if, this is just the what if part, what if crazy, amazing abilities existed within humanity before the fall of man? What if there were these unique abilities? Like, like Anybody ever watch Marvel movies? Anybody like Marvel movies? What if those characters actually aren't so much fantasies of humanity but maybe memories that exist within humanity of something that actually took place before the fall now i know i know it's bizarre but but just go with me there for just a moment okay There are glimpses of of what I'm talking about in Scripture, and it's kind of interesting to look, but does anybody ever, you you ever read about Samson, you know, this big, all of a sudden he just got strong and did crazy stuff, like he ripped gates off of a city and carried the gates, you know, and then like carried the, I mean, I think what in the original Hebrew says is right before that happened, something happened, he got mad, he turned green, shredded his clothes, Like right, that's the Hulk. Okay, so we we, we see this incredible ability. That's not really in the original Greek, but but you get the picture. I mean, like I, I thought of Hulk when I was reading that, and then I thought about Jonah underwater for three days and like he lived. Anybody heard of Aquaman? Uh, Elijah, he ran faster than horses, the king's horses. He outran the king's horses. Like, how do you do that? You know, I mean, all of a sudden you got this supernatural. You know, I don't know. It's just kind of wild. But but I started thinking about Quicksilver, if you know who Quicksilver is. If you've seen any of these movies? And then like, you know, Peter, he's in he's in jail and he's in chains and there's no way out. You got these walls holding him out, gates that are locked and chains, and and somehow he slips out of the chains and gets through the walls and out the gates and. And, and you'd think of Kitty Pride if you know who that is, like, you know, can just, like, get through anything. Nothing, you know, nothing's physically, physiologically structured can actually hold Kitty Pride back. And then I, I thought about Elijah, you know, he, like, flew up in the sky. You, you remember the story, like, Elijah's standing there, whoo. <laughs> and his mantle falls back to the ground, and Jesus, the same, in fact, there's an incredible type there that was taking place, and his mantle fell back to the ground, as the disciples watched him fly up to the sky, and then the angels showed up. I mean, you realize I'm just talking to you about Bible, right? And the angels show up and they say, in the same way you saw him take off and go that way, you'll see him come back. And I think of Superman. What if? What if there's some capacity that existed within humanity before the fall that actually is a supernatural expression that God's trying to activate within our lives? What if those things that happen in the Old Testament are actually things that are to awaken something in us that we would live in a sense of supernatural expectation? Mainly I'm talking about revelation knowledge, the gifts of the Spirit. What you have to understand is God himself is having a conversation with that co-worker that you cannot believe how rude and awful they are. God is having a conversation and the more you allow yourself to get wound up and angry at them the less you are willing to participate in the conversation God is trying to have with them and maybe if you will learn to get past yourself and love that person God will unlock a word of knowledge a prophetic utterance some type of of revelation that you can share with them that will lead them to Jesus and completely transform everything about your workplace and everybody on the entire floor come to know Christ because if that person can change that Much surely there's hope for anybody else. I I know I'm, 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 you know, throwing some things out there that that could. People might get a little nervous with, but, but just there's just a reality that we're created in the image of God with these supernatural faculties and abilities, even beyond that which is merely creation or animal kingdom, but as sons and daughters of God. In fact, neuroscience reveals how when two people get in the same proximity together, their brains actually communicate without saying any words. Their, their brain waves actually start to emulate each other, and they look identical I'm talking to you about science. I mean, this is just unique. They they look nearly identical. So the idea of being on the same wavelength is actually more scientific than symbolic. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and then you're like, wow, we're on the same wavelength. Man, I was thinking the same thing. Anyone ever do that before? And like, that's not just symbolic, like that's scientific. There's something about that. This way you better be careful who you're hanging around. They're influencing your life more than you realize. I mean, it's just a reality. I've learned in my own life that if I want to make good decisions, I have to surround myself with people who embody the characteristics that I hope to possess in the future of my life. And If I surround myself with people who embody characteristics that would take me down, guess what? My wavelength of my brain, somehow there's some correlation connection that begins to happen. I can go there. I just can't dwell there. I can walk in there to walk people out, but I'm not going to lie down in that type of atmosphere because God's designed me for something supernatural, and I want to cultivate that. And I want to ask you this question. How in the world do you think getting into God's presence and spending time in God's Word and experiencing the mind of God actually impacts your way? Wavelength in your brain. You have this unusual capacity. What do you think prayer is doing? What do you think memorizing the Bible is doing? You're memorizing the mind of God and the wavelength, the brain literally. I don't know how it all works. I just, I see this and I'm like, I, I think Christianity is so much more than what we've allowed ourselves to understand. God is trying to do. Walking in the power of the Holy Spirit is a constant state of awareness of the conversation God's desiring to have and we are awakened. The Bible actually says in 1 Corinthians four, men ought to regard us as those entrusted with the secret things of God. People around us ought to be saying, how did you know that? I I was at the the law firm and walked by one of the employees, one of the people working there several years ago and and Tracy, she's one of the partners in the firm and, and I was walking to her office And I I said to the person, hi, how are you? And you know what they said? I'm great, how are you? Like chipper. It struck me just how chipper they were. And as soon as I walked past them, in my spirit, I knew they were putting on a facade. Nothing said that other than something deep in me. And I went in my my wife's office and Tracy's office and I said, "Uh, you might want to just investigate. Because, you know, naturally I said, Hi, how are you? Fine. Uh, but, but that's not, she's not fine. And I just told her, You know, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just telling you, I sense there's something up. And that day, at the end of the day, that person came into my wife's office and sat down and broke down and began to tell her just how not fine she was in the situation going on in her life. You know, you and I ought to just live our lives this way. I wish I could tell you this happens to me all the time, it really should. But I guess I just am distracted. I'm not really pressing in. I mean, anybody have this same problem? Who wants more? Who wants more? Do you want more? I want more. Oh, I just want more. Discerning what God's revealing and walking in an awareness of that. A daily conversational relationship through prayer, through God's word, gathering as God's family awakens new levels of conversations for new levels of life. I challenge you to it today. So I have this challenging question for you. I'm gonna give you another verse in a moment, but we're coming to a landing strip. And this this challenging question is ultra challenging to me, because I'm like the preacher preaching the message today. But what do you expect a 40-minute sermon is gonna accomplish in your life? What do you expect? 40 minutes of preaching is going to accomplish for you. Now I hope it's activated some things in some way. I hope it's enlarged a little bit of a capacity where you're thinking a little beyond the borders of where you were before you walked into the room. But but let's just be honest. The world is not going to be transformed by great preaching. The world is going to be transformed by sons and daughters of God manifesting who they are every single day as they walk through this earth, carrying God's presence in such a profound way that their anointing, Isaiah 10.27 destroys, Every yoke of bondage in every room they ever walk in, people get under your anointing and they can see just a little more clearly than they could because you are walking in the presence of God. What does God's presence do in a person's life? Think about what it was in your experience. And can you just go back with me? Imagine a society where everybody has embraced the creative power of God and is living in true awareness of the deeper reality of his presence. This is God's design. This is God's desire. So I want to ask you to take your sermon that hopefully has stirred something in you. Anybody stirred in the house? If you would have sat silently, I would have been really depressed. Thank you for making some noise. I, I just challenge you to take that which God has stirred and begin to translate it into action, listen carefully, that resembles your life plan from God, not somebody else yours. And I want to give you a few commissions today. This is an interesting verse in Philemon 1:6 because this is where we understand the sermons aren't enough. It says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. In other words, you can't expect to have the fullness of what God desires, if you live your life as a reservoir, become a river. Don't just show up to get filled up. You need to do more than that, you need to flow out. And when you begin to share your faith and you find ways to evangelize, what it does is it activates something spiritually within you, causing you to become a part of the conversation that God is desiring to have with the world around you. He, for God so loves the world. For God so loves your neighbor. For God so loves your coworker. For God so loves everybody you're going to encounter. And I want to challenge you this week to share your faith and allow God to awaken that within you. That's your your action point. Your action point is pretty simple. Read your Bible every day and share Jesus with three people. Now, I'm going to give you a how-to moment of how to share Jesus with people. The first thing I want you to understand about sharing Jesus with people is that most Christians don't know how to do that. Most, most Christians hear that statement, share Jesus, and they get nervous, and if you get nervous thinking about sharing Jesus, then you don't understand what it means for you to share Jesus the way God designed you, because sharing Jesus is a very normal expression of your design, uniquely your way. Let me give you an illustration. I'm a I'm a relational guy and and like to meet people and talk to people and and not everybody, you know, is in that same vein. But but I will tell you this, if you say, you know, I'm just not a person, I just don't love people. Well then you need to learn to love people. Okay, that's an important part of this. Loving people is not the question, but the expression, you know, the, the design and so on, that's going to be a little different for every one of us. But I just happened to pass, cross paths with this guy. I've had five conversations with him. All five of those conversations have been 60 seconds tops. Like we know each other's name and we say hi when we see each other. And there's only been about five times our, our paths have crossed. And one day I saw him and, and there was an event going on that I knew he was supposed to be a big part of. And I said, Hey, I bet you you're looking forward to the event tonight and he goes yeah I'm not going to make it and I said oh wow that's that's kind of a big deal you're not going to be there what's going on he goes yeah I got a, a priority I got to take care of and so I I just pressed him making conversation because we had a little bit of time together and I said uh, I said well what's that big of a priority that you're going to miss this and he goes well just to be honest with you I'm going to family counseling You know, raising a teenager has really proven to be a greater challenge than I thought. I mean, it was the first time he got vulnerable. And you know what I said to him? I'm pretty sure he knows I'm a pastor. But regardless, I just said, well, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for your family. And I just kind of went on. And you know what I did? The next morning I got up a little early for the sole purpose. Of devoting some time and some energy and some prayer to this man and his family. And I sent him a text, and all I said in the text was something simple like this Hey, I know our relationship's been real surface. Sorry for getting personal here, but you brought it up. And I just wanted to let you know I'm continuing to pray for you, for your family, for your teenager, that God would give you all wisdom, guidance, and direction every step of the way. You know how much that meant to that guy? I, now, listen that is sharing Jesus. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. We have so confused this with going out and winning the lost, getting them to change their ways as sharing Jesus. Uh, Your job is not to change anybody. I know this is flying in the face of conventional Evangelism 101, your job is not to change anybody. Your job is to love everybody. And that love has the power to transform every person on the planet. When somebody gets it that you care about them, they'll be asking you questions about your life. Come on, let's stand Share Jesus with three people. You know what that means? Sincerely love on somebody and pay attention to the conversation God might be desiring to have. Now, this is important because this is great, but this becomes just ambiguity of our gathering if we don't try and bring this into a functional expression where we're helping people take steps. So I want you to listen carefully. On Sunday, August the 2nd, we want to meet with every person in this place. Who has not found their way into being a productive expression of who God's called you to be as a part of our church family? We call it discovering destiny. And we'll do that between the two services on August 2nd to point you to six weeks on a Wednesday night starting August 12th, where we're gonna just help you understand who we are as a church, but more importantly, who you are as a son or daughter of God. We're gonna help activate the gifts that are in you and and help you grow in, in what it is to really explore. God's favor and God's direction in your life. So, if you're interested in this, I want you to text Destiny to the number on the screen, fill out that little card, and let us get you on that list, follow up and have a conversation, and help you walk this thing out. Isn't Jesus just awesome? Like, it's so cool serving Jesus. I'm talking about like the real Jesus, not the religious one that some people say He is, but the real one, who He truly is, where He just kind of loves us into a place of transformation in our life. Isn't that the coolest Jesus ever? It's like the most rocking Jesus ever, Father. I just thank you that we don't have to change ourselves or clean ourselves up to come to you, but we can just come to you, and you love us just like we are. We don't have to do anything to earn your love. You already loved us first. You didn't love us back; you loved us first, and we acknowledge that it's our response to your love that then determines your reach in our lives we want you to reach deep within us, Lord. We want you to reach deep within our lives. We don't have this all figured out, but we do know that for God so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross, but Jesus didn't stay dead. He's alive. The redeemer of all humanity came to rescue everybody, but he came to rescue me. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. We're so thankful for your love. Lord. We want to grow in that love. We want to grow in our relationship with you. We want to press in and go deeper. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, there's a real sense just of atmosphere. and uh, We're about to sing a declaration. The atmosphere is changing now. I want you to hear that. I'm just prophesying to you. The atmosphere is changing now. If you will embrace what we're about to sing, it will become a prophetic expression that will literally take place in your life, in your home, in your family, in your legacy. I believe that our song has the power to reach 10 generations beyond us long after we're all gone. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's an eternal God. God wants to use you mightily in these moments in time in powerful and profound ways. So let's really yield ourselves to him. Our our prayer team is going to be available as we worship, they're going to be available in the lobby and you can just step out there and there's a table there to consider social distancing and masks if you prefer and, but we want to make we just want to make room just to pray together if there's anything we can pray with you about. If you have something you need to stand in agreement, then you can do that as we continue to worship but would you hang in there just for a few moments a few as in the next 10-15 minutes maybe and let's not just conclude our time together, but let's really press in Like wherever you normally worship, whatever the level and depth of worship, will you go just a little bit deeper? Wherever you normally do in your expression of your heart, will you bring that expression just a little bit more? Anybody in this place hungry for more of what God might have in store for your life? Father, I pray that you would take us deeper. We know that you don't require much to work with, and we bring, Lord, what we know to bring. that's always more than enough. It's just the seed that we have that begins to produce an incredible harvest in our lives and in our world. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, take our words, take our songs, take our worship, and let it be a transforming, powerful release to our world, to our future, our lives, and our legacy in Jesus' name.